Welcome to the Grow Fast Podcast, where we talk to leading sales, marketing, and biz dev professionals about how to accelerate sales, optimize marketing, and grow your business fast. Let's go. Hey, Victor. How are you today? Hello, Mark. How are you? Pretty good. good. Pretty good. Um, I'm in the uh, beautiful northwest of the United States. Uh, where are you located at? I'm in Madrid, Spain. Oh, Madrid. how are things in Madrid? Well, rainy, uh, so it <laughs> doesn't look like Madrid. Rainy and cold, but yeah, it's well, that's, that's Seattle this time of the year. <laughs> I got to say, though, I'm, I'm jealous of you. I mean, you have the history, the architecture, and some amazing football. All three of my boys are football players or soccer players, as we say here. And uh, yeah, if they could get on a plane and be in Madrid tomorrow, they would do that. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Madrid is all about Madrid is all about football. Absolutely. Yeah, about soccer. Awesome. Yeah, as you call it. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> What I, I, I'm really looking forward to this conversation because we're going to talk about um, some of the best practices related to responding to RFPs. Uh, but before we get into that, maybe you could give me the abbreviated version of your bio, like what were you doing before? And then why did you decide to move into a consulting role to help companies respond to RFPs? Yeah, of course, of course. So, well, yeah, as uh, so we, we know each other from, from the localization company, uh, localization industry. Uh, I've been in the localization industry for ages. I started last century, as I, <laughs> I say sometimes. <laughs> it's funny. Last, I, I saw a comedian on Saturday Night Live recently and he goes, um, I got to tell you guys, I'm from the 1900s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, more or less. I started in the 1900s working in localization. I mean, I started in a very small company here in Spain, but with the luck of uh, a company that was working with direct clients. And that's a little bit where I discovered localization. And then I moved to a big MLV. I moved to the Netherlands. And there I discovered apart from localization, project management. Mm -hmm. uh, project management, I, I became PMP certified there. Uh, then I discovered account management. And then I started to be involved in, in RFPs in the localization industry in all <laughs> kinds of, uh, of roles. Um, from the Netherlands, I came back to Spain. I worked in a, in a very specialized uh, SLV in the game industry. I remained mm -hmm. in the game industry also in MLV uh, lately in the, for a few years. And then I, I decided to, 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 go back to, to, to being a, a consultant in RFPs, it's sort of a realization of, oh, there's a big need here. I mean, I've been struggling with RFPs since my <laughs> my, my first uh, job, no, it's since something the 1900s. That, since yes, the yeah. 1900s, no? so it's something that uh, that that is there that uh, all companies need. That um, no matter if uh, it's small companies, big companies, no matter the sector, no matter the the, the industry, they, they they need RFPs to respond to RFPs. If it's not RFPs, it's proposals, it's tenders, whatever it's RFIs. No matter, it doesn't matter how you call them, but uh, they need to 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 sell. In written, apart from selling, of course, um, uh, in face-to-face -face, uh, scenarios, and it's uh, I, I really saw an opportunity there uh, in create. I, I consider RFPs to be part of the sales process, of course, uh, but also um, something that needs to be managed, that needs to be project managed, uh, to 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 be able to to respond well uh, to those uh to 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 those um questions and requirements yeah. and i mean and there's, there's a lot of business uh, potential business out there and if you don't have an effective response process um you can leave some of that business on the table uh absolutely what we found was i mean you're coming at it from probably the the project management and the process side and um you know memo qrfp is coming at it from the technology side 
But that evolved from actually um, working at MemoQ, the, uh, the translation management assistant company, in terms of revising both the processes and the, um, and then, uh, you know, leveraging some of our existing technology. Um, I, I'm really curious because I, I have, you know, we even talked ahead of time in terms of what your processes are in, in terms of, you know, how you coach organizations to optimize their processes. But um, why don't we, why don't we dig in and say like, okay, before we get into the nitty gritty, what do you see as the biggest challenges for, you know, small, medium sized companies out there when they get an RFP? What is the challenge with responding to it? The, the the first the first challenge is who's going to take care of this. I think that's uh, the <laughs> <Not> first. <laughs> me. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where I come in. No, that's a little bit where where I come in. Who's going to take care of this? And well, it's it's the first the first thing that you you see uh, in, uh, in in small and medium companies the, the the CEOs getting into this in bigger companies uh, the salespeople that brought the opportunity trying to manage the. Uh, the RFP, and that's that's the first uh, the first challenge, and I think it's one of the first uh, things that that can be improved. You know, to really have people, and there are people professionals that that can do this, that can manage this, which is a little bit the the, the, the big part. And then, of course, it's all the data, and that's a little bit also where the technology is coming. So, all the data. How are we going? There's a lot of data in, the, in companies, so lots of information, previous RFPs, um, information from different. Uh, departments, information from uh, different countries, maybe in different languages also, uh, that need to be combined to 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 and analyze and sometimes uh, uh, processed and prepared in order to be able to to respond to those RFPs. And I think that's one of the big challenges that uh, that the proposed on RFP process has. Well, I, I think you you uncovered several challenges there, and let's just let's just go through them in order. Um, you know, the first question that comes in, as you said, is like, who's going to respond? Who's responsible for this? Who's going to drive it? Um, and I would even go back and before that and say, you know, c companies should decide this ahead of time. If you wait for the RFP to come in and then try to figure it out, it's almost too late, right? It's just going to cause, it's going to stress your regular operations. Um, I, I did quite a bit of consulting in the cybersecurity space. And by the time you get hacked, if you don't have a playbook in place, it's too late. You need to have something that you can pull off the shelf and say, okay, here's what we do in terms of our communications. Here's what we do in terms of notifying the regulators, you know, and so on and so forth. With RFPs, you need to have that process, you know, defined. That's what I'm hearing from you. You should have a, a process defined. When we talk about who, um, what have you seen? I mean, obviously, you, you know, uh, companies could outsource to somebody like yourself, um, but if you're just in there in terms of coaching them, you know, what are your thoughts in terms of who actually should manage it? Should it be the salesperson? Should it be somebody from operations? Should it be a project manager? What are, what are your thoughts? To, to me, I mean, and as I mentioned it before, no, I'm, I'm, I, I fell in love with project management way, way, way back. And I think it's one of the key things and it's defining who is who, you know, in those, in that <laughs> yeah. process. So who are the sponsors? Who are the, uh, the stakeholders that need to participate in that? And, um, I think that, most of the time, sales the salespeople need to be uh, involved, but as a sponsor and as a, a, a as a stakeholder, uh, be, and not really the the person Project pushing. Manager. 
the right. project manager pushing for, for for that. So who needs to be there? And I think it depends on the company. I mean, there, there's no no one size fits all answer to that because it really depends on what we have. The, it depends on the size of the company, uh, what type of departments they are, what type of RFP we are responding to. Um, why is there there's a difference? But, but because if it's a big company that has different departments, different verticals, different things that need to be combined. Uh, the IT, IT need to be involved. Operations need to be involved. And it, then you can also have different types of operations that need to be involved in that RFP. Finance and, and HR. Finance, and, HR. Yes, exactly. and so that someone needs to coordinate that. And that's, that's a little bit why the RFP process is so cumbersome in many companies, because there's, a, there's the need to, 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 to organize that. And the poor sales team is normally the, 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 the only ones that are really pushing for that, uh, and are, are really eager to, 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 to get the responses and, and struggling to get everybody on board to, 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 to get the operation. So you need well, first. Yeah. Yeah. But no, as you say, salespeople, you really want them out selling. You don't want them doing project management, uh, project managing something like this, right? Um, and going around the organization and collecting information from all these people who, by the way, a lot of times look at your request as an annoyance, um, because it probably hasn't been properly communicated to them about how important this is and so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm totally agreement with you. If you can have a dedicated team or person and that's what they do. The other thing that I think you're probably going to get to is that, you know, a salesperson, they might get two or three RFPs a year. They're not going to build up that, that, that expertise of, you know, putting together the response. But if you have a dedicated person, they're doing that all the time. So maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And people used to uh set what the, the importance is and the, the the key factors that make an RFP uh, successful and i think well first the analysis and getting the analysis of what is being asked exactly i mean of course the the salesperson is going to be there because it no it is normally the one that has been discussing with the client looking at uh, at the options asking the right questions uh sometimes it's also the company itself so it could be the CEO of the company, it could be the owner, it could be uh, the, the, the operations manager, where you have to get all these essence of, okay, what is the added value? What is exactly the difference of working with this company, working with another company? Trying to get that information is, 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 super, is super key in order to be able to pass on that, uh, those essentials uh, to, 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 to the client and making sure that, uh, that the, the RFP response is going to to really stand out. So that's, that's one of the, the, the key things. And that's also one of the beauties of, of this thing. I mean, I, it was, it was funny when I was mentioning to, 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 to my mother, okay, what are you going to do now? I mean, the, the, the <laughs> RFPs, well, what is that? I mean, it was, uh, you know, these questionnaires that you have to answer. Oh, that is boring. And I said, well, this, it could be boring, but it, there's also a certain beauty to it, uh, especially when you are you're consulting with different companies, because you, you have the opportunity to see different approaches, different people doing different types of things. And that's a little bit one of the, uh, as I'm saying, the beauty of it, trying to understand, okay, this is what you do, how you how you're doing it. Understanding how you're going to do it, and it, to, to going back to the, the the first question that you that you had on the preparation side, it's guiding them a little bit on finding what is their essence, what is the the, the, the really their added value, and trying to 
help the companies get that, find that differentiator that is going to, to, to make them stand out together with them and be able to transpose that in a, in a project, in the RFP response and in the, in, in the documentation that they have to, uh, to provide to in order to get the projects or the programs. In your experience, who is the best person or the best, what is the best way to decide, should we go ahead and respond to this RFP? Because sometimes an RFP comes in and you're like, you know what, we probably are not going to win this. They're looking for something different, or maybe they already have a, a, a vendor already in mind and they're just doing this as a formality. Somebody has to decide. And if you have a project manager, they might not be the person who understands the, the sales opportunity as much as, I mean, they're very good at the response part, but in terms of the business opportunity side. So how, what's your advice on that? Yeah, this is the, the famous go no go decision on on RFP processes. I mean, that's that's a very a very important one. I mean, um, there has to be a portfolio of projects and a strategic uh, uh, decision on 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 responding or not responding to an RFP. Um, that normally comes from really the the, the executives, uh, the decision makers in the company that need to have these overview of different projects and opportunities because indeed there are rfps that are maybe not it's not the best uh, uh, idea to 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 spend all the time that you have to to, to spend in responding to rfp and sometimes even strategically uh, responding to all rfps that come to come into your company could be could be problematic uh, in the sense of okay i committed to this but then i'm losing the other opportunities uh, that I could have uh, pursued instead. And that decision needs to come normally from, uh, from the, the C-suite or the executive team that needs to decide a little bit uh, that part. In certain yeah, companies, it could be operations, the opera uh, operations that has an overview of, of the capacities, an overview of, uh, of the strategic goals that they have. Um, yeah. I was going to say, but, you know, if you get an RFP, and sometimes the documents can be rather lengthy and somewhat complicated, and somebody has to distill down what are they actually going to buy and what's our position here. And, and if you send that document up to the C-suite in, the, you know, in some organizations, they'll be like, Hey man, we've got, we've got a lot of stuff on our table already, our plate already. And so, you know, sometimes I, I would, I would advise the, 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 the business development manager who, who brings it in. Okay. Is this something that you want to pursue? If so, you make the case to me pretending that I'm the, the C-suite as, as why we should invest our resources in this. Okay. Give me, send me the summary. What, you know, what, what's the, what, what's the opportunity size? What's our potential win there? I mean, is that something that you see at all? Yeah, it's uh, I think it's a good it's good advice. I mean, I, I'm not going to say that I see it all the time. Uh, normally, the, the 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 idea is let's respond to everything, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. no matter yeah, what yeah. it is, which is a little <laughs> bit uh, uh, a pity. And sometimes it's let's respond, let's get this done as soon as possible, which is normally they're not the right approach. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, it's definitely a very good advice. I mean, I think just uh, just to to make the case. To be able to have that that portfolio of projects and portfolio of opportunities, and me being sure that uh, that that portfolio is well managed and uh, the opportunities are classified and strategically aligned with uh, with what the company wants to do. Okay, so what I'm hearing is RFP comes in. You have to have a go no go decision. Then once you go, you um, want to move that the the response 
uh, responsibility to a dedicated person who has um, some experience responding to RFPs. So we'll call them an RFP project manager or, or just a, you know a, the project owner. Um, from that point, what are some other best practices? If you if you are coaching that project manager. And because they've got to go out, like, as you mentioned, to many different subject matter experts in the company and collect information. And sometimes those subject matter experts are busy. Well, oftentimes they're busy, but sometimes they'll say, I just responded to this similar question two months ago. Why do I have to redo this? And they might get some pushback. So what advice would you give um, a person in that role? Yeah, in that sense, I mean, it will be pro purely project management, no project management, which is follow up, which is planning, which is uh, transmitting, as we were, were discussing, no, transmitting the importance of, uh, of responding to, to, to an RFP. And then, of course, there's the technology. I think that's a little bit where the, the technology can help. And that's a little bit where a portfolio of RFP, of RFPs can, can help, no? Uh, if you have this information centralized, if you have this information available, uh, in a certain place, um, the reuse of of that information can definitely alleviate uh, the efforts in a in a, in a company. That's uh, I, I guess it's a little bit where uh, MemoCure FP can also help. I mean, in in centralizing this information, and that to, in order to 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 advise the, the person managing that that process. I mean, it's purely project management at the end of the day. It's managing expectations, managing stakeholders, uh, being able to plan correctly the execution of that project, which is the RF, the RFP response, um, and and be able to to manage that and explaining the dependencies to to to, to that person in that case that you were explaining. No, for uh, you were you you were putting um, putting as an example. I mean, explain. Okay, I need this because then. We have to do this, and then we have to do that, and then we have to 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 to, to go ahead with uh, with the other uh, review processes that we have to do. Um, so so that's communication uh, at the end of the day. <laughs> communicate, 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 and explain why. Exactly. Um, I think that's all super good advice. Um, what what have you seen in terms of uh, foreign language RFPs and best ways to to, to manage that? What I normally see is information that exists in different languages, which is a little bit also where where this uh, uh, synergy between the localization industry, the translation industry, and the uh, the RFP uh, proposal uh, industry uh, comes in. I mean, it's super interesting to see that in certain regions, for example, this is not that common. I mean, or in certain size of companies i mean uh, of course yeah, you you have uh, uh, regions where well it's local rfps they respond in one in one language all the information is in one language but the moment that you do you just uh, go up in size a little bit uh, normally you have a multilingual content all over the place uh, also opportunities coming from different countries to be able to respond to different stakeholders or different different clients in different languages, and the need uh, exists, of course, in, in in many companies to have uh, that centralized, translated, um, in order to be able to 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 have the the, the French SME that is uh, the IT guy that that has the control of everything. 
communicating or coordinated with the production guy who is in Germany and who has the processes uh, all very well documented. And then we have the marketing guys in Spain uh, that, that have some information, but not all of it. Uh, and be able to, to, to centralize that information in one language and uh, be able to, to respond in the target language of that RFP is, is, is really an important, uh, an important step, but one of the big challenges, of course, of, of uh, especially big companies that, uh, that, that are in that situation. Yeah, I mean, we, we see this a lot in Europe, um, also it, it, well, in Canada as well, um, with, with French, Canadian, and English. But, uh, you know, in the last year and a half, MemoQ has responded to uh, RFPs in at least five different languages that I know of. Um, and the challenge, because, you know, it's, you, you may get the inbound um, RFP in English. You might not. We've received them in Finnish, for example. Um, and then we've had to decide, well, is it go, no, go? Well, how do we decide if it's go, no, go? Because we've got a finished document that's 500 pages long in front of us, right? Um, and so we have to do that evaluation. And, and, and we have a process in terms of doing that. Uh, and, and then, as you said, you've got to collect all that information. For us, the, the, the information that we collect typically is, is always in English, but then we have to submit it in that target language of Finnish. Um, I think we've done Italian, Spanish, and French. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm probably missing one more, but, um, so how would you, what would you advice would you give to companies in terms of different options? A document comes in three, 400 pages in, or it's even 50 pages, whatever it is in, you know, finish, let's use that. Mm -hmm. What, what would you do? Well, the first thing is to understand a little bit what is the, the, this summary from the, 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 the person bringing the opportunity. Okay, what is the strategic goal here? What are we going to achieve with this? Give us a summary of this. And then, of course, uh, the, um, the RFP experts or the RFP or the person appointed uh, to, to, to manage RFP needs to understand uh, what are the uh, requirements, what is in that, uh, uh, in that RFP um document and we need to translate that we need to translate that there's no other no other option if if the rest of the team doesn't, doesn't speak that language it's something that definitely needs to be translated needs to be translated and maybe curated first so maybe there's no need to to translate everything but to to decide which parts can be translated or need to be translated on the first place in order to be able to um to take that decision that go no go decision uh, so the curation of that uh, document, but of course you need uh, some help from uh, someone speaking the language in order to curate uh, to curate that document and be able to to to, to make a decision. Yeah, we've been fortunate that we've been able to leverage machine translation to translate the summary and then and then evaluate. Hmm, does this look interesting for us or not? Um, and then follow up with the, um, the, the, the company or the organization that's issuing the RFP and ask them questions in English uh, to get clarification and drill down. And typically, even though the document, they may be requesting it, it could be a government agency. A lot of government agencies require local language um, responses, but, but they're perfectly capable of responding to questions in English and get those clarifying answers um, in place and then make that go no decision. Um, and we've typically seen that machine translation for the questionnaire typically works. Um, but the response document has to be 
perfect, right? And so, so you may start with MT and do post editing, or maybe you just go right to humans. I mean, I have have you seen a variety of different processes there? Yeah, I think well, MT definitely is a, is part of the is a, is a key essential essential part uh, there to in order to be able to 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 do this thing. Uh, then, in the in the matter of of re- responding, I think there's two two approaches. No, there's the approach of really getting an SME in the type of RFP that can speak that target language and that can help mm. you get that. I think that's one of the uh, of the ways to do this. Uh, and then the other way to do this is to to have someone that is a copywriter that is a is able to transmit that information that is gathered in uh, in the company or in the process of the RFP and a person that you trust that is going to be able to transmit that in that language. So there's two, two, two approaches. And I think it really depends on the type of RFP, the type of the, the, the severity of the RFP, uh, the speed that you need, of course, sometimes uh, uh, to respond, which is uh, uh, RFP sometimes that have, have very tight schedules. So if you get that uh, that expert in the process, of course, that that could be an ideal situation, even if they have to, to, to transmit what exactly your company is doing, uh, and I have that help. And if not, as I'm saying, also, uh, as in, in in localization, for example, you look for the best translators. Sometimes in when doing the RFP uh, responses, you have to f- try to find the best copywriters and the, 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 in that or the or proposal writers in that language in order to help you. And of course, you need to to be able to transmit the information, transmit the uh, what you want to. Uh, to having that RFP to that person. And then one of the key things, I think one of the, especially in, in very complex RFPs, uh, in order to review those stages, you can back translate. Uh, it's also another, another, another technique, uh, back translate with MT, back translate with really, if it's needed, uh, with, with a professional translator. That's also another approach, uh, back translate and make sure that what is being transmitted at the end of the target language is, is there as you, as you want it to. So, um, I, I think those are some great suggestions. I am, um, and for people who are not uh, from the localization industry, MT is machine translation. I should have said that from the beginning. Uh, but uh, yeah, so in, in machine translation is becoming incredibly more uh, powerful and, and 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 more frequently used. Uh, but you do have to keep an eye on things because it's not perfect. Um, you mentioned the importance of copywriting or those or having those type of skills in the response process. You know, what are your thoughts in terms of do the RFP issuers, they want just a pure factual response or is it is it important to put kind of a copywriting spin on it? Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, there, there, of course, it depends on the RFP, no, I would say. But there's always, always a part of the RFP where, where there is some uh, essence uh, and some important transmission of uh, of that um, added value that needs to be there. So normally in the executive summary, you have that possibility to use some copywriting skills or some, some copywriter um, advice uh, there. Of course, in the, the te- more technical um, part, normally there's no need for that. And actually it could be uh, counterproductive if you're trying to do that. So you have to analyze all the RFP parts and be uh, be sure where where you need to uh, 
to explain those things. So the executive summary is the first one that comes to to, to mind. The the the, the, the conclusion, uh, of course, RFPs can be very uh, very different. You can have uh, from one page uh, uh, one page proposal and it's to be submitted for something to a very complex uh, RFP involving uh, many different uh, aspects. So uh, again, it's a little bit uh, analysis, making sure to understand which parts uh, can have a more creative process, a uh, more creative output, to say uh, better, a more creative output, and which parts are really factual, really technical, really where you really need to go to the point uh, and be able to, 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 to make sure that you are addressing each one of those responses uh, the correct way. Yeah, again, great observations and, and advice there. Um, let me ask you, because earlier you talked about leveraging, you know, um, the portfolio of RFPs or responses that, uh, that you've put together in the past. And we know that there are some tools out there that help to kind of automate that. And obviously, MemoQ RFP is, is developing a platform like that. But aside from that, um, I mean, I've seen companies that, you know, will just collect their files, for example, store their files and, and then go back and do, you know, copy and search and, excuse me, copy and paste, things like that. Um, do you have any suggestions in terms of how to organize your previous responses if you're not using one of these tools or platforms and, you know, and how to kind of streamline that, streamline that process? Because a lot of times the questions aren't an exact match, right? Mm. So, so how do you manage that? Yeah, I think that's where technology is really going to 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 to, to make a big change in uh, in responding to RFPs. I mean, the AI is probably going to help a lot on that, and I think that's uh, that's one of the the key things. Because even if looking at to this, I mean, if you don't have a specific person working on RFPs, it's very difficult. No matter how organized your um, your content management. Uh, uh, is it's quite difficult to just understand which question was similar to this one, and then I could reuse this information. So, so at the end, of course, it's uh, having a centralized uh, uh, content management system is is the ideal solution. But even though uh, it's very complicated to be able to leverage correctly uh all the all the questions and i think that uh, the technology is definitely going to help with that and uh, ai is definitely going to help with that uh that curation of, of of processes being able to to get those very similar questions that need to be reviewed and that's i think it's one of the shifts that uh, that is going to happen in the rfp uh, proposal um process uh, that is already here. I mean, so sometimes it's, yeah. it, it's already here. But a, a lot of companies maybe aren't aware of these pr platforms or or maybe they don't have the budget. And so they're just using, you know, hey, we've done RFPs before. Where are those files? Um, some of them are better at organizing them. For those companies, what advice would you give in terms of how to organize their previously submitted RFPs and then how to validate? Because, you know, if you're the RFP manager, you're not going to be able to tell whether these uh, responses regarding your IT security are up to date. I mean, you know what I mean? Cause you're not an IT security specialist. Um, it, likewise with some of the, the company's financials, you're, you're going to have to kind of validate them. You can't just copy and paste everything. Mm -hmm. So uh, any, any recommendations or suggestions there? I think again, communication and knowing your company, knowing what, uh, what, what is the status of things and involving them. And I mean, maybe, maybe with a, with a better organization, when you have this situation, uh, it's just a matter of 
validating those um, those questions, making sure that you those SMEs in your company are validating those those, those questions. No, um, as I'm saying, to organize the content. I mean, it's at the end, it's a have a content management system as clear as possible. Uh, have similar um, RFPs. Uh, uh, in 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 one place, having also the the analysis and the post mortem of those RFPs, the, whether if you won the RFP, if you lost the RFP, what information is there? Trying to tag as good as possible those the, those responses, and and be able to 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 respond to it. And then, again, I think the technology is really going to help with that uh, that difficult process. Awesome. Yeah, you bring up a good point of tracking. Um, and let me ask you this, because we track all of our RFPs, win or lose. And also we try to, you know, know if we did lose it, why? Um, and also we want to know what the potential dollar amount is. Sometimes it's not clear what the potential, um, you know, dollar amount is. And some organizations, they don't, they won't tell you why you lost in those scenarios though it, it, it's there are ways that you can kind of probe and try to collect information what advice would you give hmm. yeah i think well it's true i mean sometimes you don't know why you lost it sometimes you know that well there's a there's a percentage of chance of, of getting there you cannot win all rfps i mean that's uh, uh that's definitely something that you have to know when you respond to rfps there are, could be factors that you don't control factors that you can control the the really important thing and of rfps is to learn from them i mean and that's uh, of course when you have won it you 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 are you are very happy you you uh but uh, there's also an exercise in Trying to see, okay, what make us made us win this RFP? Can we identify exactly which part of the um, of the RFP was really key in that decision in that decision process? It all starts also with the questioning in the beginning. I mean, at the end, uh, questioning the client with with the importance, de depending on how uh, the RFP is structured, how they are. Uh, they are asking the questions, normally also give hints of what is going to be really important here. Um, there's the danger sometimes that uh, you don't learn from, uh, from, from, from those responses, from the process. Uh, and that, that I think that's, that's really one of the essential lessons learned that you have to, to, to have in the RFP, to learn from them, to be able to, to see what worked, what didn't work, uh, repeat what works, <laughs> avoid what is not working. Well, and I mean, you can get some good market intelligence too, because, you know, for example, if you are consistently losing because price, you know, maybe you got to look at your, 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 your pricing strategy. If you're consistently losing because you don't have SOC 2 uh, security uh, credentials, then, then, you know, you may have to look at that as an investment. Hey, if we invest in the X number of dollars it takes to get SOC, be SOC 2 compliance, um, how much business can we win? Maybe it's a connector for a specific platform. Oh, you don't have a connector for, uh, you know, AEM, Adobe Experience Manager. Well, then we're not going to do business with you. And you see that on four different RFPs. You know what? Maybe you should invest in that AEM exactly. connector, right? Exactly, exactly. That's that's really the lessons learned part that is super important. No, it's it's where where the, there's nothing better than getting the RFP of the, your ideal client to understand. Okay, what do are they looking at? What what do, do they want to see? Uh, and be able to uh, to match that 
if it makes sense uh, strategically for your company. But yeah, you, it could be IT, it could be insurance, it could be um, people size. Sometimes you see you see very small companies trying to get to projects that are too big for them. Uh, they want, they want offices the, in, in multiple countries around example, the world and you're having example. an office in two countries and they're like, ah, we, we, you know, that's just what they're looking at, yeah. right? Yeah, and, some, and sometimes you can just get a lesson from it. I'm like, okay, so maybe if I have an office, a sales office somewhere and a small production office uh, somewhere, then I would be able to uh, to apply to these RFPs and have a chance to win in them. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that, you know, I, I like to follow up with uh, RFP issuers if, well, one, I like to reach out to them a lot in advance uh, because there's typically a window where you can ask clarifying questions, right? And, you know, I put my sales hat on and I say the more often or the more frequently I can communicate with somebody and have a face-to-face -face contact, even if it's just on a, on a video call, they get to know me, I get to know them and you'll get information, but you also start to develop that relationship. Typically, these people are in procurement and they're Im immune to relationships. No, I'm just joking about that. But they, uh, <laughs> they, uh, they, you, you, you know, you can get information um, and you can kind of position yourself by asking smart, intelligent questions. Because sometimes they they may have issued an RFP and not realized, wow, we didn't ask the appropriate question there. Maybe th for this industry, we need to kind of tweak it. And then on the follow up. I like to ask, you know, because if you just say, why did we lose? Well, that's kind of hard. But if you can ask, for example, and this is almost the same thing, but you can say, you know, I'm trying to learn here. What could we have done better? Is there anything that we have, could have done better? Could you, you know, just, and sometimes if you, if you take that kind of an approach, you might get a little bit more information. I mean, at the day, end of the day, most people, even in procurement are human beings. And, um, and, you know, if they, if, if they feel like you've, uh, you've made an effort, uh, to kind of reach out to them. And a lot of times you'll get, you'll get some, some valuable insights in return. Very valuable insight that you can get in, in, in your documentation that you can learn from. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's, uh, what, what, what are you seeing in terms of some of these like hard requirements, um, and you know, it, it, for, for like, you must have this in order to qualify, for example, is it like, you know, security requirements like NIST or SOC 2, or are you seeing things around ESG, um, or diversity, equity, and inclusion, are these becoming increasingly important or is it just something that they put there, um, as, you know, because as a formality or are they really becoming important? I think it really depends on the industry. I mean, it, it really depends on, on, on what industries you are, you are targeting. Uh, of course, uh, anything related to, to, to diversity and inclusion is starting to be, uh, to be, to, to be important is, is, is there in many, many RFPs. But there, of course, it really depends on, on, on the industry, on what exactly, because RFPs can be of, of anything. I mean, you can work from, from architecture RFPs, uh, that want to get into, uh, another country and want to, 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 to place themselves to, 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 to a locksmith that wants to do, uh, to, to put lockers in a, in a mall. No? So, uh, to, to, to give some examples, uh, extreme examples, no, to, to, to maybe, uh, the ones that are, uh, first coming to mind, no more IT related, um, things. So I, I really think it depends on, on the industry. It depends on, um, the size of uh, of the project uh, or the opportunity um and it can be very very diverse so so i, I would not say there's anything really really standing out um 
it, it really, really depends. depends. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. it really depends. I, I would think, you know, for example, in Europe, um, you know, GDPR is probably kind of, are you GDPR compliant? If you're, if you're doing any kind of B2C, well, even B2B these days, um, in terms of protecting the, the information of your employees or your vendors, uh, customers, and so on and so forth, I, I, I'm sure you probably see GDPR hmm. com related questions. There's always that. Yeah, yeah, true, 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 true. Thank yeah. you for the reminder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's um, when when you come to uh, the essentials, uh, those are always there. Uh, GDPR. Um, how are you protecting your files? Can be, of course, the the, the level of, of 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 maturity of the company will completely make a uh, make a different. Uh, way of of approaching that, but but definitely there's there's some essentials that need to be there, and especially if you you go to to to, to um, uh, public companies, uh, sure. etc. Those are really going to 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 be there. So you you better uh, be compliant with those with those things because if not, you, you're really going to it's going to be a no for sure. Yeah. So so let me ask you. Um, if if I was a small medium sized company or even an enterprise or level organization, and I want to optimize my RFP response process, I want to build my virtual team and probably appoint some person as a RFP project manager. Um, I, I can see a couple different skills there. You need the project management skills, but there are also specialty RFP writing skills. Okay, and those are kind of different things. You don't really want your project manager to be also your writer, typically. Um, what advice would you give for uh, project managers who want to get better at responding to RFPs um, and also writers who want to get better? Because there are courses, there are associations, um, newsletters, etc. What advice would you give? I think for, for the project manager part, the first is to just imagine what your the ideal process is uh, is going to be. Prepare a project plan for it, and uh, stick to stick to that, and at least have a basis. And if that's that's the important thing. There are some essentials. I mean, at the end, have to to analyze, uh, make sure what we're going to respond, what are we going to execute, how we're going to format it, how we're going to 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 review it, and how we're going to submit it. Those very essential things sometimes it's not uh, are not even there sometimes and i think it's where where you have to to start then of course in in terms of writing and copywriting i think it all again uh, it it will depend a little bit on on the industry uh, and there normally the skill is um accessible are easier maybe to get outside of the uh, of the company being able to 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 transmit that to to people that you trust that can help you with uh, uh, with that uh, writing process. Um, that can help you translate. So an external consultant, basically. Of course, yeah. yeah sometimes it's a, it, 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 it's a, it's a good uh, it's a good a good option to 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 get that an external consultant that it's not going to manage the project, but it's just going to help you um, get uh, uh, get that in the proper in the proper language for the. For the, the the sections of the RFP response that you you, you need uh, you need them for, awesome. Um, if people wanted to learn more about RFP uh, responding to RFPs, uh, are there any associations, workshops, or you know, schools that you would recommend? There are there are there are very big good books on on RFP responses. I mean, at the end of the day, it's more 
um, knowing your industry, knowing what is required in your organization, uh, project management, of course. There are very good, um, very good books, books on, on RFP and even on RFP writing, but there's a, really a variety of them. Uh, and in, in the States, for example, there's quite a few associations uh, yeah. on, on RFP, um, RFP responses, very good consulting firms. Uh, that can help you there. But I would just start with the basis. And I think that one, uh, with, with the basic things, I mean, just uh, purely pure project management, pure transmitting and reusing the the content. And those that would be my, my, my first idea. Because if you, you try to become uh, the guru of the RFP uh, process, it's probably going to take you to a path that it's not exactly what you're looking for. You're looking for uh, agility. Uh, you're looking for uh, speed in responses. You're looking for uh, knowing where to uh, gather the information. And that's a little bit what normally what companies need uh, more than really becoming the, 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 the marketing copywriter expert or um, that, 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 that will get you the ideal uh, RFP proposal. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. All right. Last question. Um, when I want to wrap this up on a, on a positive note here, tell me the story about the biggest or most interesting or surprising RFP win that you've been involved with. Of course you can change the names and the industries if you want, but explain how it came in, how your team came together, handled it. And you know, what were the steps? Yeah, I think I think one of the key things. I mean, uh, is uh, uh, and the beauty that I was mentioning in the beginning of the conversation. You know, the beauty of seeing different different uh, companies. When I I started uh, looking at RFPs, my idea, of course, was to get into well the markets that I know. Uh, it could be localization, it could be uh, video games, it could be IT, it could be software, and sometimes you just have opportunities that you. Don't even think about. I mean, and, and the, the, this locksmith uh, examples I was mentioning in the conversation is just a real example. I mean, a, a, a locksmith in Spain trying to to to, to get into a big RFP for them, uh, trying to put master locks in a, in a mall, and you you see those things, and suddenly you just uh, realize, okay, I'm learning so many things about keys <laughs> about uh, things like that, that that really don't uh, I, I was really not really expecting even to to, to that there that exists there's an iso for for locks oh my god <laughs> and we have to be compliant with those things so so th those things are are, are really the, the, the uh, fun when you you get into that i think that's one one of the of the interesting things of seeing the 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 the, the real the the your uh, the differences from the different uh, companies and industries and be able to, to to provide value to to that process understanding uh, how they do it and be able to to, to transmit that in RFP process. Yeah. No, that's awesome, and I, I love that too because you're right. There, there's so it's funny because you know I've been in the local industry off and on for for quite a long time. And, you know, and I've consulted in a couple different industries, but it's, it's really a pretty narrow slice of what's going on in the whole world. And so my, my, you know, uh, concept or perspective of RFPs is like, this is it. And I was doing research or we were doing research for uh, MemoQ RFP in terms of markets and industries that we wanted to reach out to. 
and I went to some different state portals and then different uh, uh, private industry portals. And I was looking for, you know, can I find a pattern of, of what industries are offering the most types of, or the most RFPs? And the, the reality is, it's just like every industry out there, you know, I mean, it was amazing. And I came across one in the state of California for rat mitigation. <laughs> So, so they were sending an RFP for pest exterminators, but they called mm -hmm. it rat, uh, rat mitigation. And I just thought that was, uh, I would have never guessed that they would actually have an RFP process for that. But um, I, I think that's a, a couple of good points. One is you have opportunity to learn, but two, RFPs are everywhere. Um, and so from a response uh consultant perspective and from a technology pro provider, that's a pretty good thing to, to, to have in front of us there. There's a, there's a pretty mm -hmm. wide market. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that that was one of the key things. I mean, just understand the the moment that you that that you just understand that oh, there's opportunities that are different from what I've been doing in the last twenty years, and uh, and all those people that I was not even considering now I can consider them <laughs> as a as potential clients. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Well, Victor, if uh, any of our listeners or viewers wanted to reach out and get in touch with you, what would be the best way to do that? Yeah, so we have a website. Uh, it's eProjecto.com. Uh, of course, uh, my LinkedIn uh, is also. Uh, available and that's uh, that's a, that's a way to, to to reach me. Yeah, awesome. I'll put um, links to both those in the show notes. Mm -hmm. And uh, hey, I really want to thank you for uh, for coming on the podcast today. Thank you, thank you, Mark. Thank you. Very interesting conversation. Cheers. Thank you, thank you for your time.